Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Jason Longshore is here to talk with us about it. And Jason, it's always good to have you on. Uh, Chicago, what happened? I wish I had an answer to that. (laughs) The team defensively just couldn't get the game over the line. And the win was there. The three points were there. They had a man advantage for a long period of time. And, you know, you don't want to say that three goals shouldn't be enough. Felt like there was maybe more on the table. But ultimately, it comes down to making plays defensively. Game was there to win. And they couldn't get the game over the line with that last sequence where it felt like Chicago had too much space on the ball and were able to put in multiple crosses and they eventually find the equalizer very late. There was even a goal in the 13th minute that almost hit. They got the woodwork. They hit that one, I thought, for a second. Chicago might get the dreaded early goal. So we know with your ghost we can finish. So now we've got to fix the back end again? It's, it's weird, and this is what's so frustrating about it, and I think you could hear Gonzalo Pineda's frustration when he talked about this after the game. When you look at all the, the defensive metrics across the board, I mean, the goals given up, not good enough. But when you look at the rest of it, Atlanta's one of the top teams in the league in terms of preventing teams from getting into the attacking third. They're one of the top teams in preventing shot-creating actions. They're one of the top teams in, in giving up the fewest chances created. All of those numbers would point you to a good defensive team. And I think what it does to me is it points to it's not about system or shape or tactics defensively. It's down to making plays. And, you know, I hate to oversimplify it, but that's really – what is the issue at this point? It's individual mistakes or individual situations where plays aren't getting made. And late in games, a lot of times that's what it's going to come down to. I mean, full credit to Chicago because in this game, they were playing 10 v. 11 chasing it after they had blown the lead. And I've got to give Atlanta United credit for coming back and getting a 3-2 lead after falling behind 2-1. But Chicago – basically forgot all about a system. They threw as many attackers as they could find on the bench Mm. out on the field. There wasn't much of a shape. It was go make plays. And their guys did. And and I think the one that was frustrating me the most in this as you got late, Jordan Shakiri is the player that you can't allow time to. He's the one out of all of Chicago's players that he's not going to cover a ton of ground. He's still got that magical left foot. He can still put a pass wherever he wants. And he was able to do that too many times in the second half when Atlanta United wasn't closing him down quick enough. And ultimately, they paid the price. Soft goals. Explain. Because we keep hearing this term, right? We're giving up soft goals compared to what? I mean, how does, how does soft goals and the term, the term that's being used apply to our team, what does that exactly mean? Goals you shouldn't give up. Like if if Jordan Shakiri, okay, let's let's take the game Saturday for example. That first goal. Now we can get into how Atlanta defended it, but you also do tip your cap to Jordan Shakiri for hitting a ball the way he did to create an Olympico situation that 
I'm not 100% sure it came off of Plurata or not, but you give the attacking player credit there. If Shakiri hits a bomb from 35 yards or off a free kick and he puts it into the upper corner, okay, that's not a soft goal. That's one that there's not a lot you can do. In the goals that they gave up, and I think both the second and the third goals fall into this category, they're goals you shouldn't be giving up. The, the second goal of the night, the, the first one of the second half, Shakiri has time to pick out a long ball. It's 2v2, and Chicago wins the 2v2 battle. Shabilko knocks it down. Ailey uh, Salasi hits a it, great shot, sure, but they shouldn't have had the buildup to that in the first place. And the, the goal late, you can't allow them to have those crossing opportunities. And when they do, you've got to win those individual duels. This was something that Pep Guardiola talked about this week. And, you know, a lot of people look at what Pep's done in the Premier League and all the credit to him, and they talk about his attack. Defensively is where he puts a lot of his time into. And he talked about it this week. One of the big changes for him this season that's made Manchester City, I think, so good and ultimately on course to win three major trophies, is 1v1 defending. And that's not getting – again, that's, that's getting away from tactics and scheme and all those things that we talk about Pep with. That's down to can you win the individual battle that you're in? Can you prevent that guy from dribbling past you? Can you win that aerial duel? Can you take the ball off of him and jump into that passing lane? Can you intercept that pass? It's all about the individual defending. And Atlanta United's individual defending hasn't been good enough this year. And I think the overwhelming bulk of the goals they've conceded have been down to those issues, the more soft goals where it's an individual battle that is lost as opposed to great goals from the opposition. It is our man, Jason Longshore, guys. You can talk to him on Twitter, at Longshoe, and see what's going down. Since we uh, spoke with you last week, obviously we had a lot of fun. We brought the Dukes and Bell Bounce on Wednesday. That was a fun match to watch, a lot of excitement mm-hmm. and fireworks. But uh, talk about the pending Araujo move down to uh, Brazil and basically breaking even from what we spent to get him, bringing over from France. What is Araujo's legacy here as a member of the Five Stripes? Yeah, it's it's a weird one because you look at the talent that he has and there's not many players in Major League Soccer playing in any league in this hemisphere for that matter that have the sheer individual talent that he has. And it's been inconsistent. And I think more so the production has been inconsistent. We see the talent. We see the dribbling ability. He, he flips the field. He gets you into the attacking half so quickly. There, there's some very key things that he does for this team. His work defensively, he's one of the best defensive attacking players that I've seen in a long time. He's relentless. His pressing is very good. But when you are in uh, that attacking position, and yes, the transfer fee, and yes, the salary, goals and assists have to come. And they haven't come consistently enough for Luis Araujo. So, in a way, it kind of feels like one of those change of scenery kind of moves. And I like Luis because of that durability, that hard work. But I think it is time for him to, to have that change of scenery. And maybe, maybe it all clicks for him at Flamengo, which is a major club in Brazil, a club that is coming off of the Copa Libertadores crown. They win Brazilian league titles all the time. He's going to have a lot of pressure on him there to produce just like he has here. And maybe it's just that change of scenery that unlocks it for him because it feels like at times maybe he gets in his own head in the final third and he, he either 
tries one more thing than he should in terms of that dribble because he's got the ability to do it, or he settles for the shot from distance and doesn't make the most of his opportunities in the final third. Maybe the change of scenery will do him good, and then Atlanta United is going to have a designated player spot that they can go into the summer with. And with that spot, it's not – with his specifically, you're not tied to bringing in a player of a certain age – a certain salary level, a certain transfer fee level, that's an open-ended spot. And Atlanta United can do what they need to do with that. And it's way too early to see what the market's going to be in the summer. But it's nice to have that ability to go out and do some serious shopping, too. Jason, we don't like Orlando, and they're up next. What should we expect? Yeah, I don't like Orlando either. This is going to be an interesting trip. Their fans are right on top of us. They might be yelling things. We might have to uh, have the dump button at the ready. Um, this is a team that is coming in with some momentum in Orlando. They went to Fort Lauderdale and beat Miami pretty handily over the weekend. It's a team that has been really up and down this year, though. And there were some calls for Oscar Pereja's job earlier in the season. They They started okay. They got bounced out of CONCACAF Champions League at home against Tigres, who's a great team, but they had that series where they wanted it and they couldn't get it done at home, and they really had a hangover from that. Maybe they're bouncing back. Uh, Facundo Torres is a player that I think is among the most talented in Major League Soccer. Erchankara up top is a handful as a number nine. But I think defensively, it's a lot of the same faces that we've seen over the years. And I don't think they have a ton of pace in the back. I, I, I like Atlanta's attack against their defense. And until proven otherwise, you have to worry about Atlanta's defense against other attacks. So maybe a high-scoring game once again. And you might need to send an oxygen tank to me and Mike if that's the case. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices so join the revolution subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring listen on your odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast you'll be glad you did